Welcome to the Wellspring Community Church Podcast, where we exist to help real people find real hope in a real world. We hope today's message encourages you. Let's get into today's episode. First of all, my name's Brian. I am the next-gen director here at Wellspring. I've been here since January. Loving every second of it. I have a beautiful family. This is the reason that I'm a dad. And those are my girls, 18 and 15. They're actually both in New York right now. And looking at this picture, I actually feel sorry for the rest of the dads in here. There's nothing that can be done. I apologize. You are all second place because my girls are the most beautiful in the world. My wife, Cheyenne, that made me a dad. Give it up for my family. Come on. Come on. Yeah. So now here's what I need. I need all the dads to stand up. If you are a dad, I need you to stand up. Some of the moms are clapping. It's okay. We'll celebrate here in a second. Here we go. If you are a dad and your children, your oldest child, we're going to go by oldest child here. If your oldest child is 10 or under, sit down. 20 or under, sit down. Oh, we lost a few there. If your oldest child is 30 or under, sit down. Okay, okay, we're still working. If your oldest child is 40 or under, sit down. We got a few left. We got a few left. Do we go 45 and under? Okay, we're getting close. We got four. 50 and under. Oh, none of them even flinched. Oh, no, these guys did. How old, how old is your oldest? Oh, wait, are you, you two? Where are you at? 50 what? No. 52. 52 years being a dad. Here's what I need. I need your wisdom. What is the key to success to being a dad for 52 years? Trust and believe in them. Give it up for our, our dad with the oldest child in here. Last service, the, it was 52 years as well. I think he said, uh, loving their mom every day. <laughs> I agree with that one for sure. If mama happy, it don't matter who else is happy as long as that one works. So happy Father's Day, dads. I hope, uh, I hope your children bring you as much joy as mine do. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes we don't know what the heck we're doing. But thank God we serve a risen Savior that does on our behalf. Amen. Happy Father's Day, not only to you, but to our Heavenly Father. Can we give it up for Jesus being our dad today? That's what excites me. That is what excites me, that Jesus is looking out for us this day. So I don't know how many of you heard Lanisa speak last week, but she did a fantastic job. Couple claps for Lanisa. Our very own Lanisa Spoon. The worst part of her entire message is that I have to follow it up this week because those of you that liked her may be ready to walk out the back door as I start. Lanisa is so sweet and kind, and she gave us some practical ways to get to know God, but it really didn't matter what she said. She could have told you, I'm sorry, you are so messed up, and you're never going to make it. And you would be like, you're so sweet. Come here. Give me a hug. She just, the way she delivers it is unmatched. I am not that way. I am a loud shouter. And the reason is, Mostly, I'm pretty loud anyway. I think Pastor Joey can attest. He walked in the other day and I was talking with Connor. I was sitting at his desk. We were having a conversation. He said, you know we're all in the same room, right? You don't have to yell. I said, I thought this was my inside voice. So I I project very loudly. Um, So it just is who I am. But the reason being, especially on a platform like this, is I am passionate about the things of God. And I want you to know and experience Jesus the way that I know and have experienced him. And if you haven't, it's not that you're doing something wrong. I just get passionate about letting you know what the next step is or what tools you can use to, if you're not satisfied with your relationship, what can we do to move it to the next level? And that excites me, amen? So I'm gonna do my best to bring that for you to you today. So let's pray first. Father, 
Thank you for using my mouth. Father, use my lips to speak your truth. I thank you that your word says where two or more are gathered, there you are in the midst of us. So I thank you and praise you for your presence today in Jesus' name. Father, I ask you to bless Pastor Joey and April as they are still out. Father, keep them safe and protected. Fill them up. Encourage them. Father, tell them how amazing they are as your children, that they can come back refreshed and revitalized. Father, we love you. We love you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Today, I want to talk to you about daddies. And Jesus in the garden, when he's praying in the garden, refers to God as Abba. And Abba is the Hebrew word that signifies the close, intimate relationship of a father and his child, as well as the childlike trust that a young child puts in his daddy. That's the the Hebrew meaning of Abba. And what I want to know is today we're going to try to discover who Abba is in our lives. Maybe some of these things I'm talking about, you've already experienced God as that, and you know who he is in your life as that, and that's fantastic. Maybe there's a couple others that, no, I really haven't haven't met Jesus like that. So we're going to try to explore some of those things to find out who our Abba is so that we can continue to pursue the intimate relationship that he desires. Let me tell you, if you get nothing else from this message, God desires intimacy with you, his son or daughter. If you get nothing else, if you walk out with that, that's enough to move forward because he desires to be intimate with you every moment. Amen? I want to find out who daddy is to you. In Scripture, you know, Jesus does a lot of things to hurting people. He is a redeemer. To those that walk in shame and condemnation, he is a forgiver. To those sick and diseased, he is a healer. That became part of their experience. Those, is, those are things that Jesus did for them in the moment. And most of us can read about that or hear the description of that and be like, yeah, that's great. I believe that. It happened in the Bible. I'm big enough to know that that's true. So, yeah, it happened. But my question is, who is daddy to you? Has he been your healer? Has he been your redeemer? Has he been your deliverer? This isn't just a blanket statement of something that happened then. Has it become personal to you? And if not, how do I get there? Because he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if it happened in the scripture, it can happen today. He is no respecter of persons. If he did it in the scripture in those days, he can do it for you today. If he did it for me, he can do it for you. Not because I have a microphone. Not for Pastor Joey because he leads a congregation. God is the same and he loves you dearly and wants the very best for you. He is here to show up today in 2023. If you believe that, give me an amen that I can hear. There we go. The biggest breakdown of God being these things in your experience is the way that we know God. And there are two different ways. The first one is a head knowledge. I can read the word and I, I, can, I can ingest the words that are on the page and I can know about God, but I just don't know God. Amen? You see there's a difference? I know about what God can do, but it hasn't happened in my life, so that's great for them. Where's mine? Or I believe it can even happen to them. I can read Scripture, quote it, and say, yes, I want you to to be healed and set free and financial freedom and whatever the case may be. I can even pray that, but I don't really believe it for myself. I can believe that the Word will work on their behalf, but not on mine. I just know about God. I don't really know, I don't really have the experience that lines up with my knowing. Amen? You following me? The second knowledge is heart knowledge. And this is when maybe you found yourself in a desperate situation. You reached out to the Father and he showed up miraculously on your behalf. Maybe, maybe you, you had a, a situation that you thought was impossible and, and out, of, out of sheer last-ditch effort, 
You just stopped and reached out to the Father and you showed up and performed a miracle on your behalf. That becomes an experience that lands on the inside of me that doesn't go away very fast. Because if he showed up and, and healed my affliction when I prayed for it, you're gonna have a hard time convincing me that he doesn't heal today. If he showed up with a miracle and there were thousands of dollars in my mailbox that showed up in my, my last time when I thought there was nothing else that could happen but it was gonna go downhill and now there's this blessing shows up in my mailbox, you're gonna have a hard time convincing someone that God is not a provider. I don't deserve it. I probably screwed it up to get to this point. This is why I need a miracle. But he still shows up. His grace and his mercy is sufficient for us. Even if that hasn't been our experience, he'll still show up on our behalf because he loves you, because he cares about you, because he de dearly desires relationship with you. And the good part is we can get there. The biggest disconnect in knowing God and experiencing God is this 10 inches right here, from my head to my heart. I can know about God, but I don't, it's not deep rooted as a part of my being because it hasn't been my experience. And if it has been your experience, that you get the opportunity to share and build up someone else's faith to say, no, you can't convince me that he won't show up. I've seen it. You get the opportunity to be that mouthpiece. But if you don't know daddy this way, then let's talk about a few of those things. Uh, when uh, years ago, I began to learn about this daddy God, this Abba father that I could trust in with my whole heart. The part of my experience part of my upbringing, I have an amazing dad. He is my best friend, my encourager, my coach, uh, he, my advice giver. He's the ear when I need, he's a hug when I need. He is all of those things to me and still is. So I have an amazing experience of who my daddy is. So when I begin to learn about this and, and learn who, who daddy God wanted to be in my life, people are like, yeah, daddy God, daddy God. And I'm like, wait a minute. I already have a daddy. I thought I can believe in father that was like this overarching over everything. I can believe in that, but to make it intimate, I already have an intimate relationship with my dad. And I almost felt like it was dishonoring to call someone else daddy. It was, it was dishonoring to the one who raised me, the one who was there for me, the one who showed up, the one who always gave me the wisdom. I felt like it was dishonoring to call someone else daddy. But God, everybody say, but God. But God showed up. I begin to experience this intimacy with daddy, God. And as I dig deeper and deeper, even a message like what I'm gonna share with you today, as I began to dig into that, I realized that daddy, God wants the same intimacy that I have with my earthly father. He wants to walk with me. He wants to cheer me on. He wants to give me advice. He wants to provide for me. He wants to save me from the traps that I could fall into. Daddy God wants that intimate relationship with me. And it wasn't dishonoring to call someone else daddy. In fact, it was an honor that my earthly father shared the same attributes as our heavenly father. So once that revelation came up, I was like, yeah, Daddy God, I'm all in. He looks just like my dad. Praise God for that. I know that some of you don't have that same experience. I know that some of you, when you hear the word dad, you, you kind of shut down and shrink, shrink up because dad to you was maybe the one that left, the one that rejected you. Maybe he's the one that didn't, didn't come back. He didn't care for you. He didn't follow up to see how you were doing. Maybe he was the abuser. Maybe he was the, maybe he turned you into the victim. Some of you have less than desirable experience. And the reason that I say that is because I want you to know that I am truly sorry that, that that is your experience. It breaks my heart. I want you to know that daddy God wants to redeem those hurts in your life. If you don't know your heavenly father, if, you, if, that, if the word dad brings up this negative connotation in your mind, I want you to know that God wants to redeem that hurt in your life. 
He wants to take it from you and replace it with truth so that you can walk out freedom instead of walking in bondage to the hurt that you're carrying. He wants to be, Daddy, your deliverer. Will you allow him? Because the truth about it is, however, whatever your natural father was, your heavenly father only has your best intention in mind. He only has to give you good gifts. He only wants to give you the very best. He is cheering and rooting you on. You, you are not good enough to screw it up bad enough that he can't fix it. Congratulations! You can't do it! Right? That's worthy of some clap. I'm not big enough to mess it up that daddy can't fix it. And that's what he desires to do. So before I start meddling, I'm getting off on my thing. Uh, yeah, who's daddy? Yes, here we go. Okay, so the key is we're going to learn some of these names. And the names of Jehovah, Jehovah meaning God, the names of Jehovah that are not just labels to call someone something. But in Bible times, they were descriptive of character and they gave identity. So it's not just something that I called you, it's actually who you are, what your identity is. So these names of God that follow are character attributes and identity of who God is. So here's my question for the day. Who's your daddy? Who is he to you? Like I said, maybe some of these you do know, but maybe some you need to grab a hold of, and I hope you do this morning. So we'll start with the first one, Jehovah Jireh, Lord the Provider. From Matthew 14, as evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away. They're talking to Jesus. Send the crowds away so they can go to the village and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. They said, we have here only five loaves of bread and two fish. They said, bring them to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and two fish, looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke the loaves. Then he gave them to the disciples and the disciples gave them to the people and they all ate and were satisfied. The disciples picked up 12 baskets full of broken pieces. Do you know Jesus to be your Jehovah Jireh? In 23, in 2023, sometimes we don't believe that the Lord can be my provider because I've been used to doing it all myself. I'll provide. Men, especially, right? Sometimes we get all big chested, I'll fix it. That's what I do, that's my job. No, it's not. Your job is to be a son. Sometimes we have a hard time believing for where the car payment's gonna come from. Have a hard time believing school's about to start in a couple months, I gotta start saving now for all the clothes they're gonna need. Lord, I don't, I don't even know how to provide for my kids. I don't know how to be there for them in 2023. Things are so difficult and convoluted. Do you know daddy as your provider? Because he has all of those answers. He works those out for the good of those who seek him. Do you know Jehovah Jireh, your provider? Or do you, like I said earlier, do you reach out to him in time of desperation? I, I need a provision miracle before I might die. That's how serious things are sometimes. God, I know I, I haven't talked to you in a while. I know we don't have a close relationship, but your word said that you could do a miracle and I need you to be my provider right now. By his grace, sometimes those things are met. But if we know daddy as our provider in that intimacy, those things become a byproduct out of our relationship with him. Amen? Then it's not out of desperation. It's out of what I do every day to know him as my provider because he never changes. He never makes a mistake or messes up. He doesn't miss a step. It's us that begin to get distracted sometimes. Do you know him as your provider? Who's your daddy? The next one is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. In Luke 8, 42, 
And Jesus on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. She came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak, and immediately her bleeding stopped. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. This woman had never met Jesus. She didn't have an intimate relationship with him. She began to hear all of the teachings and all of the testimonies that were, be, that were coming out of his travels. But she was so convinced the scripture even said there, no one could heal her. She had been other places. She had tried other things. She had tried to fix it on her own and nothing made a difference. But she had such an absolute resolve in the anointing, in the miracles that she had heard about, in the testimonies that she knew she didn't even need to talk to Jesus. She had such faith in him that she just wanted to be in his presence. She just wanted to touch the hem of his garment. I don't need him to pray for me. I don't need him to lay hands on me. I believe he can do it. I just need to get close in his presence. And did Jesus disappoint in that moment? Absolutely not. Right there in that very moment, she had such faith. She was tired of being afflicted. She was tired of being outcast. She was sick and tired of being sick and tired. Have you been in any of these places? Do you know daddy is your healer? She touched the hem of his garment and believed in her heart that Jesus had the power, the anointing, the divine nature, and the willingness to heal her disease. The willingness. He's always willing. You ever found yourself questioning whether he's even willing? Like, is this a big deal? I don't know. Can I ask for this? He is willing. There's so many other healing miracles throughout Scripture. God is able to heal us, not just physically, but mentally, emotionally, spiritually. He shows up many times throughout the Bible. We see these manifest. But do you know him as your daddy healer? Is he healer in your life? Do you read these Scriptures and see these miracles and think that's great for them, but I don't, I don't, I don't get mine? Or you, do you know him enough to know that when you need that healing, he's going to be the one to do it? He's going to be the one with the power and the willingness to show up on my behalf. God gives grace. Sometimes if we don't know him that way, he still gives grace to heal us because he's a good dad. He's a good dad looking out for me always. Who's your daddy? The next one, Jehovah Shalom, the Lord our peace. In John 14, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives. Don't let your hearts be troubled and don't be afraid. The Lord is our peace. He's our peace in uncertainty, in every difficult situation, in troubled times. Some of us have a natural mindset of what peace is that maybe peace is my bank account having enough to know that I can get to whatever that is. It's a financial state of being that now I feel peaceful. I don't have to stress about money. Maybe it's a peace to say, if I uh, rise up the corporate ladder enough to know I can get to uh, this, this uh, title, that then, then I'll have peace. Then I'll know everything's just going to be all right. Maybe if, it's, if, it's, if I'll spend all of this time and energy and really invest into my kids and my family, and I finally get to a place where we seem to be happy because of our house and the location and our cars and the toys, then I'll have peace. We try to manufacture these things when if we'll lean into the Father of peace, it will be a byproduct of our relationship with him. He is our never changing peace. And it's not something that we can do on our own. If you find peace in those areas I just described, those are temporary. They're not gonna last. 
If you find yourself in the cycle of maybe getting to a point where you feel peaceful and then it falls off and you're like, man, I thought I was there. I'm disappointed again. It's not something that we can find or manufacture on our own in the natural. It only comes from knowing Jehovah Shalom, the Lord, our peace. Do you know him to be your peace or do you rely on your own abilities to find peace in those moments? Maybe I, maybe I know that when I start to feel that anxiety, I have a few pills I can take and that'll make me feel all better. I don't even need to pray. Maybe when I begin to feel that depression creeping in again because circumstances are feeling overwhelming, I can just, I can just do this or go somewhere. Or I can be in my happy place. Is it something you're doing on your own? Or do you know daddy of peace? The way he wants to be in your life. If you don't, then you get an opportunity to make some adjustments, amen? That's what this whole thing is about, just making some adjustments. The Lord doesn't want to be our lifeline for peace. He wants to be our first response. We had back in 2004, 5, 6, whenever the economy fell upside down, we were a few years married, had a two-year-old daughter, one-year-old, I don't remember, two or three, I think, and... Um, the economy's getting ready to tank, but just a six, eight months before that, I decided to buy a house and a business that was way above my income. You ever uh, distort the reality to make it lean in your favor? To be like, no, I think, I think these numbers will line up. We can do this. Oh, we're gonna make it happen. Maybe even hearing this little whisper from the Holy Spirit be like, I don't know if this is such a good idea. And you're like, yeah, no, look on paper. We got this. Oh, the house, the land, the, the business, we can do this. The business is going to do great. Here comes 2006. We're sitting on our couch. The bank has called and needs to take back the house and the business. We're sitting on our couch, three-year-old, two-year-old little girl sleeping, me and my wife. There are not enough hours in the day that I could get paid for to make up the difference of what I needed to pay to, to get caught up, to even get current on the house. That's how bad the business is doing. And I'm doing side jobs and this for extra money and asking these people for favors. So there aren't enough hours in the day to trade for the money that I need. So we're sitting on the couch and trying to figure out what to do because I'm at my natural end. There's nothing else. And I, Cheyenne probably said, I'd like to take credit for this, but because it was so wise, she probably said it and I just grabbed on. She said, if the house is taken away and the business is taken away, is that going to change the way that we feel about our God? Are we going to stop serving him? Are we going to stop celebrating him and telling people how good he is in our lives? Are we going to quit being ministers? Or are we just going to be sons and daughters that have to find a different house? And through all of my anxiety and worry, I can tell you I met Jehovah Shalom, my peace, in that moment. That it was going to be okay. Even if I didn't have the stuff, I still have the right stuff. You got the right stuff, baby. <laughs> There's a few that probably know that one. I still had Jesus. That couldn't be taken away. So the things can be replaced. The house, we can move to another one. The business, I can find something else to do. But I can't find another God that can provide me peace in that moment to make a difference that lasted. From then on, it was okay. We were one of the first ones in our community of probably 1,500, maybe 3,000 in, in, the, in the three neighboring cities. We were the first ones to lose our house. So I felt guilt and shame and I was embarrassed, all of those things. And I can remember in that moment feeling like, it's gonna be okay. I got Jesus, I got my wife, and my beautiful daughter, she may have, were you pregnant at that time? I think she may have even been pregnant with number two. 
Yeah. So all of this stuff was weighing on me, and Jesus showed up as Jehovah Shalom and my peace in that moment. Who's your daddy? The next one is Jehovah Cassell, the Lord my confidence. And Proverbs 3, 5 through 6 said, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. I'm just going to repeat that so it sinks in a little. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. Do you know him to be Lord your confidence? Daddy, your confidence. The key in this scripture is to lean not on my own understanding. I have to trust that he is good. That's fairly easy, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. That one's, that one's probably easier than not to lean on my experience and what's happened in the past and the cycle that I've found my life in and the things that have been done to me and the things that I haven't been able to get past. Lean not on my understanding, but lean into daddy. Sometimes, sometimes it's just a lean like this. Sometimes it's a lean like this. Sometimes it's a lean like this. Like whatever it needs to be, let it be your heavy on the lean into not what I know, but to what daddy can provide for me. To bring you your confidence because when that happens, when the creator speaks directly to you and tells you that you're smart enough, that you're anointed, that you're capable, that you've been chosen, that you've been made on purpose, that you have a destiny, that there's hope for you, when the creator tells you those things, that makes you stand up a little taller, right? Like this isn't just somebody that I don't really know about, like this is my daddy. Bring it on, devil, what's next? When you allow him to be your confidence and not rely on your own abilities, aptitude, understanding, your own strength, but when I'm heavy on the lean, he shows up on my behalf every single time. We have to train ourselves not to wait till that moment of desperation, but to lean on the Father every single day. Remind yourself of it. It's not what I know, it's what Daddy does. It's not what I can give, it's what Daddy gives. Do you know him as your confidence? I can remember a time when I was about to lead a group of people. There was 20 guys in a room. It was, a, it was a getaway weekend. It was a freedom weekend. Four days we're going to spend. And I'm the leader. I'm number one this weekend. First time I'd ever done it. Had some great guys behind me, but I was, I was going to be number one. And we're about to bring him in and about to start ministering. There's men in this group from 18 to 75 probably, maybe 70. And I can remember <laughs> we're about 20 minutes away. And all of a sudden, I felt like I was this big. Like I wanted to curl up in the corner in the fetal position and just cry. Oh, I can't do it. Oh. Like I was terrified. Lord, what do you, what, who am I? I'm inadequate. I'm 35 years old. What the heck do I have to offer these people? I don't know any more than they do. What could possibly come of this? So I, I, I finally shut my head off for a second. That was all that was rolling through. So I lay down in the middle of this floor and I'm just laying on my back, looking up. I've got a playlist going. It's not my playlist. I think I just hit go on something. And it, it turned into, you know, songs that are like each other or whatever. And I find in the middle of my desperation, my, the middle of my complete lack of confidence. Like there wasn't just, I didn't have a lot of confidence. Like there was zero. God, if these men come in this building right now, they are going to lose and waste the time of their lives. Cause I got nothing was how I was feeling. And I'm listening to this song and Stephanie Gretzinger comes on singing King of my heart. Anyone heard King of my heart? 
Not just, not the radio version. Like there's a radio version that has verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, you know. This was like the live spontaneous worship. And I'm laying there weeping, feeling completely inadequate, completely unconfident. And I start, I, I don't really hear the first couple words, but the first one, these are, these are lyrics to the song. You're never going to let me down. And I, I just kind of perk up a little bit. I'm like, oh, I bet that kind of sounds like God. So then I realized that this song's going on, and it's probably a coincidence, right? Just happenstance. God probably didn't plan to play this song at this moment just for me. So through this coincidence, one of the other lyrics, the line says, he knows what he's doing in you. When you can't see it, and when you don't believe it, as you're laying in the middle of a carpet, weeping, feeling inadequate, he will overwhelm the thing that overwhelms you. These, these lyrics start coming out of the speaker or phone, whatever it was, and all of a sudden, Daddy God starts to build a confidence in me, starts to take those feelings of such inadequacy and starts to say, no, you are anointed. No, you have been called. No, you are here on purpose. You're the exact one that needs to lead them. These men need to hear from you. He begins to be my confidence. The other lyrics say, when nothing is going right, He's good. It's not his nature to let us down. And now all of a sudden, I begin to stand up with a little, a little swagger, right? Like there, there's a little something going on. It's a little percolating a little bit because daddy has just whispered to me in my, in my absolute moment of need. Do you know, daddy, your confidence? Or do you do it on your own? Because sometimes you can wing it. I probably could have just stood up there and wung it. Gone through the pages of the notes and the books and whatever and just been there. But God showed up to restore something in me, to tell me who I was as his child, and then to lead men to freedom through an amazing weekend, a miraculous weekend in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for picking me. Give Daddy a hand. It was a life-changing moment, life-changing uh, from a song. Probably a coincidence, right? The key is not to figure it out on your own, but to allow this to show up on your behalf because of the intimacy with daddy. All right, I'm gonna, which one? Which one? I got two points, but I only got time for one. So Jehovah Mephalti, the Lord, my deliverer, in Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Daddy, our deliverer, wants to be more in your life than just a get out of hell free card. Salvation means more than I just don't have to spend eternity in hell. He wants to be our deliverer from every yoke of slavery that we bind ourselves to. And I say that meaning the Father brings truth and the enemy brings lies. Everybody believe that? There are only two camps, truth and lies. Whether we find ourselves in bondage or in freedom depends on which one we believe in. If I believe the lies, then I'm going to be a slave to the lie. If I believe it in my heart, then it's going to be a filter. If I believe that I'm not good enough because I've been rejected, then rejection's going to come out of my heart when I speak, when I interact, when I lead. But if I believe that I'm accepted by Jesus Christ as a God-given, overpaid, bought son, my life re reflects that when I speak, when I minister, when I parent, when I'm a husband. There are only two ways that we can go. 
But we find ourselves in bondage to hurts, mistakes, to traumatic experiences that we've had to walk through, and we have no idea how to get out because I haven't met Daddy, my deliverer, yet. Everybody say yet. If you haven't, today's a great day to start. If you don't know him as your deliverer, it's a great day to start. There are so many Christians that are saved but walk through this life in bondage to the enemy's lies. And daddy wants to heal it. God wants you to know the truth about who you are as a child. He wants you to experience the freedom that he has to offer. You say, yeah, Brian, but you don't know some of the things I've been through. I don't know if I can be delivered. Daddy knows. If you'll be transparent and vulnerable enough, not just with God, but with yourself, to let daddy into those dark areas that you've put chains on, bound the doors, welded them shut, I ain't going there because that hurt. If you'll let daddy into those places, he'll deliver you from that bondage. It doesn't matter if it seems weak, yeah, but they've got these greater, they've got these things in their life that are just massive doesn't matter if it matters to you it matters to daddy and he wants to be your deliverer from the lies he wants to bring truth so if you don't know daddy as your deliverer i'm going to give you a few exam not a few examples a few steps to take say brian i don't know I, I know daddy in some of these ways, but not in all of them. So how do I get there? So here's the first one. These, these are, these are um, what do you call these? These are my actions. Say my action. Step one, get a Bible. I'm, I'm, I'm being pretty practical here. If you can't get a Bible, ask us. We'll find one for you. If you don't know how to find one next time you stay in a hotel, the one in the drawer may just end up in your backpack. I don't know. I don't care. Get a Bible. You can't get to know Daddy if you don't know the truth that is consistent in the Scripture that he wrote. How can you hold him accountable to be your healer if you don't know how he heals? How can you hold him accountable to deliver you if you don't know how he delivers? Get a Bible. You don't have to read it overnight, but you have to start. You have to start. You have to start experiencing God's truth in the Word of God. It, the Bible refers that it is the living Word. That means it's, it is applicable in 2023, in June, whatever it is. It's for me, for today. It's not an ancient book, it's a living word. And it's truth about who you are as son or daughter. Second step, start journaling. And here's why. As you're reading the Bible that you stole from the hotel, when God speaks to you about a scripture, and maybe it's one, maybe it's one sentence. I'm not asking you to read chapters a day. I'm asking you to start. Maybe it's one verse. When God speaks to you, write down your thoughts about that scripture. Write down your thoughts about daddy. Write down your thoughts about what it says in your life. If Jesus were sitting next to you right now and gave you the key to make everything right in your life, would you want to remember it? I think so. Start journaling. Here's another thing it does. As you journal how you're feeling and how you're processing the Word of God and, and, and then introducing the Word of God into your daily life, as you journal those things, and you can remember that back in January, I wrote down, God, I need a miracle in this area of my life. I need things to happen drastically different than I created or that I can fix. And then that, that miracle shows up in June, you go back and look at it to say, the miracles showed up. Thank God. That builds the resolve in my life to know that Jesus can work miracles for me today. Convince me otherwise. 
When it happens to you, you will have that much resolve. Start journaling. Start asking questions. Start just being with daddy. Start writing down those things that mean something to you through them. And then the last one is spend time in his presence. Once a week, Sunday for one hour is not going to be enough. I'm sorry. It's not. You are sons and daughters. If my girls only spent time with me one hour a week, I would have a hard time influencing their walk, their decisions, protecting them, providing for them. If we were only together one hour a week, I couldn't possibly do it. Daddy can't be these things in your life if this hour is the only time you spend in his presence. The Holy Spirit on the inside of you is the most intimate part of your being. It's the most sought after. It's the most precious. It's the most valuable part of who you are. He wants to be in your presence. We've been talking as staff the last couple of weeks just about slowing down. Slowing down for me is uh, sometimes a difficult thing, but if I'm going to slow down and go spend time in his presence, I want to go to the woods. I want to go to the edge of a, of a water, body of water somewhere, a stream or whatever. And we were talking this week about slowing down and, and just being in God's presence. And Pastor Ryan had made a good point. He said, when you turn this mind off that constantly races with the next thing, when you turn this off for a minute, when you close your mouth and just be in daddy's presence, you begin to witness the things in nature doing worship to the one who created them. When the wind's blowing the trees, they're just worshiping their creator, the one who made them. When the birds are singing, they don't know any better. They don't have a distorted view of who daddy is. They're doing what they were made to do to their creator in worship. The water flowing from A to B in the bed that it was made to or sitting still in a pond, it's doing what the creator made it to do. The ripples, when something hits it and it just easily cascades, it's doing what it was created to do in worship. When's the last time you spent time in his presence? It doesn't have to be hours. It doesn't have to be a specific spot. When's the last time you were just quiet long enough to listen to daddy whisper how much he loves you? If that's all you heard was, son, I love you. Daughter, I love you. That would be enough. He has so much more for our lives. He wants that intimate relationship with you every moment. And if you're not there, there's, this is not a condemnation message. This is an encouragement to start. It's day one. Go. Do it. Daddy wants you. He's been waiting. You don't have to clean up before you come. You don't have to fix anything before you show up. It just requires you show up. Will you stay in with me? You might be in here and you might say, Brian, I, I hear this relationship with daddy, but I'm not sure what the world you're even talking about. And I'd like to know, and I want to invite you to allow Jesus to become the Lord and Savior of your life. Because if you don't know daddy as your savior, then it's difficult to begin to experience, it's impossible to experience him as your healer, provider, comforter, peace. You've got to know him as your savior. So I'm not going to embarrass you. I don't, I don't want to make a, a big thing about it, but I want to make sure that you don't leave here without knowing Jesus as your savior because that's step one. So we're going to do this together across this room, and I just want you to repeat after me. Say, thank you, Jesus, for going to the cross 
for overpaying for my life. You didn't even know me. I certainly didn't know you. But I am asking you to come into my heart. You went to the cross willingly, but more importantly, you rose from the dead for my salvation. No longer do I have to look forward to hell, but I look forward to heaven to sit at your right hand. Father, forgive me. Father, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior today in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. If that was the first time you've ever said that prayer, can you raise your hand? If that was the first time you've ever met Jesus as your Lord and Savior, thank God. He is a good daddy. He just wants to love you right where you are, right in the middle of your mess. I want to continue with our response time. This is not the end of service. This isn't dismissal. This is response. We have these tables up here and in the back. And there are three ways that you can respond. You can come and light a candle. Maybe you need to pray for a son or daughter that needs to know who daddy is in their life spiritually. Maybe you need to pray for a father that you are distant from. Maybe you need to pray for a family member that you haven't spoken to in a while. Or maybe you're, you're worried about a job or something is, is stealing time from you in anxiety or depression. If you just need to pray, come and light a candle. You can take communion if you need to physically receive the body and the blood of a risen Savior in your life today. Please take advantage of it. There's nothing, there's no step to follow. You come up and say, yes, I take your blood. Father, I receive your body in communion that overpaid for my well-being as your son. If you need to go to the cross, we've got crosses on both sides. There you'll find a sticky note. If something has, has bubbled up inside of you to say, I've been hanging on trying to fix this on my own for so long. If you need to give it to daddy and stick it on that cross and allow him the ability to do the healing, him the ability to do the work, then I encourage you to respond in that way. Go to the cross and put that thing on there and let daddy take it. Stop walking in that bondage, in that burden. Stop living in that torment. You don't have to. We serve a risen dad. And then lastly, we'll have our prayer partners up here. If you need prayer, if you need someone just to, to grab a hand with you and agree for these, this prayer to be met and these things to be done, we're going to have people here that are just going to believe with you. Sometimes it's just good to have brothers and sisters. We're praying the same thing. So we're gonna, the band's gonna play, we're gonna respond. Father, I thank you for meeting your children where they're at. I thank you for showing up as a good dad. Father, we love you in Jesus' name. You may respond. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you'd like to know more about Wellspring Community Church, visit our website at wellspringfl.com. And if you're in the Tampa Bay area, we'd love for you to join us for one of our weekend services. We'll see you in the next episode.